0: Is part of the podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com Hey, it's
1: Bill, and you're tuned into Three Questions in a Song, the podcast where the title says it all, except it doesn't, because I never just ask three questions anymore. uh You can find this on build a scene.com and ruduradio.com. With me tonight is Craig Allen Hecht. Craig, did I say your last name correctly?
2: You sure did. You win the you win the prize.
1: Well, listen, I, I with a last name like D'Amiano, I oh of, I know. I kind of panic because I'm used to mine being said wrong. So then I'll say yeah. somebody's name and I'm like, oh, did I get it right?
2: <laughs> well, I really hate like ordering a pizza because I always get like hatched, you know, heck it, you know. I just say just put it down as Craig. You'll figure it out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I
1: someone today was complaining on Facebook that um that their first name was being misspelled and i almost replied you should try living with the last name domiano they can't spell it and they can't say it (laughs)
2: double double whammy
1: but anyway yeah um, so craig yes sir um, you and i uh first became aware of each other on xrp radio we did um and you are currently in the freezing state of minneapolis minneapolis minnesota Sorry, <laughs> that's that's close, you know. Yeah, but Minneapolis isn't a state.
2: <laughs> well, I'm at, I'm actually in Saint Paul, which is the capital city, which is just a stone's throw from Minneapolis. They're kind of across the Mississippi from us, so but close enough.
0: So you know,
1: being being in Minnesota. Who's yep. Your, who's your favorite hockey team?
2: Oh man, I'd have to go back to the North Stars because that was our team back in the day. You know, I mean, now we have the wild and everything. And to be honest, I'm not a huge sports guy, you know. I mean, uh, I do watch the Vikings more because I like to watch them. They always seem to find some way to lose, which I find interesting. (laughs) They can have the biggest lead in the world, and all of a sudden they come up with some way to self-destruct. I'm just amazed how they consistently seem to do it, although they're having a pretty good year this year. So, And
1: and Pittsburgh, who's usually having a good year, not so good this year. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, no, I never. I never was a sports guy. I was. Uh, I was the nerdy, uh, you know, musician slash uh, anime slash artist that type of thing. That's what I was doing. So my buddies were watching sports. Me, not so much.
1: I, I kind of in school floated in between all of the different groups. Um, I played football, but I was also um, a National Honor Society student. So, um, uh-huh. and then. So I was taking honors courses and but I hung out with the people that were going to vote tech and so I was all over the place.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, about the only sport well here is sport with quotation fingers I probably watch regularly is wrestling. I'm a big I'm a big wrestling guy. You know, I started out with AWA, which was Vern Ganya, you know, The Crusher, uh, Road Warriors, Baron Von Rashki. That's where I started watching that stuff. And I still catch the occasional WWE and AEW shows, you know, they're It's great entertainment. It's good stuff. You know,
1: I, I went to, wow. I was in high school. I went to WW. It would have been WWF at that
2: time. Yeah. Once I've been to one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a whole lot different when you see it live. I mean, when you see it on TV, they've got the screen, they got the camera shots all blocked just right. So it looks real. You know, when you, uh, go see it live, you know. If you get the angle right, you see they throw a punch and it misses the guy's head by about a foot, but he goes flying back anyway, you know. So, uh yeah, live kind of pulls the curtain back a little bit, you know.
1: All right, so let's talk about your music a little bit.
2: Okay, um, we can do that.
1: So, my understanding of you is basically that someone can can tell you, "Hey, why don't you write this?" and then you go and you write it.
2: <laughs> That's pretty much about it. Well, I'll try to If I try to give you the whole bio in a nutshell, we don't have that much time, but uh, suffice to say I played in cover bands here in the metro area for like 35 years, and I played everything from country to metal, punk, jazz, funk, R&B, you name it, you know, so I'm pretty well versed in a lot of styles because I needed to be, you know, so uh, yeah, I can't even think of what happened. I think it was, I was on XRP one day in the chat box or something, and somebody mentioned could you cross heavy metal in a polka? You know, just in conf- just conversation, I didn't think anything of it. And of course, stupid me, I'm like, Oh yeah, we could probably figure out how to do that. You know? So I worked on it for about no, no week and a half, give or take. And uh, all of a sudden the heavy metal polka popped up and uh it worked out great. So uh yeah, I really enjoy taking different genres that shouldn't work together and smashing them together to see what happens, you know, but uh in my heart, I am always I was always a straight-ahead rock guy. Um, I started out as a metalhead, actually. Back in the day, I had Slayer, Venom. Um, you know, bought the first Metallica album, you know, back in those days. And I, I kind of went through that into prog rock and jazz and all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been playing everything. Anyway, long story short, yeah, pretty much if somebody throws me some kind of bizarre mashup, I can do it.
1: Um, recently, on... <laughs> unfriendly fire. Um, yes. You managed to let XRP beat us again.
2: Um, <laughs> Sorry about that, man. That's okay. It was worth it. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> um it, it,
1: were you did you watch the video? Did you see John? I reaction? did.
2: Yes, yes. I I <laughs> It's funny cuz Jana kind of invented screwdrivers to ears by her own fault, I suppose, accidentally, you know, because uh, we were doing a friendly fire and I was in the chat box and she played some industrial tracks she liked. And, uh, it, it Kat either, came.
1: It was either, huh? um, it was either, um, nine step, nine stitch method or seed. I can't remember.
2: It's I think you know. it was <laughs> seed maybe, but she played it. And then Kat had the reaction. That sounds like somebody is shoving screwdrivers in my ears. And I go, what a cool band name. So right there, I invented screwdrivers, the ears, you know, so, uh, so the last, the newest track from them is called Hello, Jonna. And it's just, it's horrific. It's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of screaming and like laughing hysterically and a bunch of weird synthesizer loops and drum machine stuff. And uh, every time I played it, it scares the heck out of me. <laughs> but I, I figured Jonna would get a kick out of it. And she did. So mission accomplished. Yeah. that's
1: We were we were certain that we had, we had the right song. And then when they said it was you,
2: I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i get that reaction a lot bill <laughs> oh no not craig no, anything no. but that no. <laughs> nope nope <laughs> oh man yep um so
1: can you pinpoint the, the moment that you realized you wanted to be a musician
0: mm, boy let's
2: see here well i started playing guitar at five i'm 65 now Uh, you know, people usually say when they saw the Beatles, you know, and Ed Sullivan seems to be a big touchstone. I think for me, I wanted to be a musician when I saw, I saw Hendrix when I was aware of him. Um, back in the early days on AM radio, you know, they would spin like Hendrix and then the Beatles and then like Motown. And they mixed all that stuff together on AM radio, you know, so I remember, um, my mom and dad and I used to go for drives on Sundays and I'd be in the back seat and dad would have the AM radio cranked up, you know, and I'd hear like, you know, ticket to ride or purple Haze" or Foxy lady. And I think when I heard that stuff, I go, yeah, I want to do that. You know, but I think the one song that really got me going was all right now by free. That um, has to be your boy late sixties, early seventies. I'm going to say, but that song, the power of that song, was so cool to me and also mississippi queen by mountain was a big one just that guitar tone just the power there i go i want to be able to learn how to do that you know so yeah that's pretty much about it i'd say
1: i'm giving you a homework assignment remind me to add mississippi mississippi queen to the spotify playlist i made for my
2: daughter (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's the coolest song it, but I'm
1: like, how did i not put that one in there
2: <laughs> well the cool thing about that song man is that is that leslie west the guitar player recorded that on an amplifier called a stramp amp it was a little dinky thing but foot by foot but the way they mic'd it up it just sounded like a wall of marshals it was like a buzzsaw coming at you i mean that tone was incredible you know and i've been chasing that sound when since then you know so I'm getting close. Sometimes the guitar tones I got are pretty massive, you know. But it's a lot of a lot of trial and error.
1: Yeah. Um, if if you were sitting on a bench, and your musical idol came down and sat down next to you, and told you that you could ask them one question. First of all, who is it? And what one question would you
2: ask? Wow. Um, boy, that's tough to narrow it down to one, huh? Um. There is a guy named Neil Morse who uh, is involved in quite a few bands. He's essentially a Christian rock guy. Um, he's involved, like, in Transatlantic, Flying Colors. He plays with Mark, with, uh, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater quite a bit. He's probably one of my huge idols, a big prog rock guy. And I probably would ask him, where do you get your inspiration from? And how do you keep getting more gas in your tank? You know, Um Sometimes I think, you know, musicians only have like a finite amount of gas in their tank creatively, you know, and I think every now and then you feel like you're run out, you know, and, you know, how do you, what's the secret to getting that tank refilled again, you know, and getting you inspired again, you know, a lot of times you write something and you feel like you're up against a wall, you feel like I've said everything I can say, I've played all the chords I know, you know, everything I know how to do, I've done. You know, how do you break that wall and move on to the next big thing for you or the next creative thing for you? That's probably the question I'd ask them.
1: Um, how many songs have you,
2: have you recorded?
1: I'm not, I want to ask you how many you've written because I'm sure there's a, a, a ton. The
2: sh- okay, the short answer is uh, on Reverb Nation, which is my primary music sharing platform. Um, I'd say between me, the Craig Allen Hecht, uh, Reverb Nation, um, Sea Rage, um, what else is in there? The Weenies, all those different bands. I'm going to say probably about 150, 60 tops, I'd say, give or take, you know, like you say, I've got a lot of songs in the can I've never done anything with. I mean, I've been recording since, uh, 82. That's when I got my first little home studio you know, a little four-track cassette deck and a cheap drum machine and one synthesizer and one microphone, and that's what I started out with. You know, so I've been recording and writing stuff since then. So, yeah, I'd say about play one, yeah, between 130 and 150, I'd say. It's out there. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I lose track, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I just keep going, you know.
1: um, what is What is one song that you didn't write that you wish you would have written?
2: Wow, <laughs> you know, I wish I had like ten minutes to think about think on that one, man. Um, boy, um, let me see here. That's tough. Purple Rain. Um, you know, it's it's a yeah. I mean, living where I live, of course, Prince is a huge influence, and of course, he would be anyway because the guy was amazing. But uh, you know, such a simple. Riff, you know, but the way he builds layers onto it, you know, and the emotion he gets from it, um you know, I'm really learning as a songwriter, you know you can just have the basic building blocks of what you're doing, you know, but it's the it's the layers you add to the basic stuff that really makes the song melody is huge. I wish I could write a better melody a lot of times for me, I get a guitar riff or I get a lick, and the melody is an afterthought i'll get the- I'll get the mic and start singing something, and it kind of just flies out. I wish I spent more time working on melody, you know, and Prince was a master of that, you know, Purple Rain. I mean, man, I mean the backup harmonies and stuff, you know, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost choir, like gospel, like, you know, so yeah, I'd say that'd be the tune I'd pick.
1: Yep. Chris, Chris Grenade from the Pittsburgh area. He agrees with you.
2: <laughs> cool. Yeah. I see that. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Um, so
1: next question
2: completely. Yeah,
1: It's going to be a weird one for you, I bet. (laughs) Try me. Okay. So the question is what is the best pizza you've eaten because you're a musician? So either you were eating it while you were recording, or you were at a show, or you were on your way home from a show, on your way to a show. (laughs) What's the best (laughs) pizza you've eaten that you can link to being a musician?
2: Well, I got to say, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, playing a late gig. You know, we would pack up our gear and whatnot and head out to more like a like a Perkins or something and never went to a pizza place. So that kind of disqualifies me there um, for writing. I'm a tombstone guy. You know, I mean, I can throw it in the oven. It's like if I'm working on a, on a track down here. Right. And all of a sudden something comes into my head. And it's like I'm starving. You know, run, run upstairs, grab a tombstone, throw it in. Not that I'm endorsing him. But <laughs> hey, you know, for a quick pizza. You know, it's not that bad. Yeah, but like I said, it was funny. We always ended up going like to burger places or getting like a late breakfast at two o'clock in the morning or something after a gig. That was pretty much my musician food, you know. So wish I had a better answer for you, but that's about what I got.
1: <laughs> um, I haven't been to Perkins. I don't even know how long.
2: They're starting to close them around here. We've only got a few left.
1: I don't think there are any near us now. But Oh, um... wow. In the South, there were a lot more in yep. here. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's still like that, but...
2: I don't know. I haven't been to a Perkins in years, you know. But yeah, that's back when I was gigging, back in the good old days.
1: Um, I'm going to ask you another question, and then we're going to talk about the song that you brought with you today. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> all right, so you are leaving a recording session. So you're leaving yep. Fox studios <laughs> and, uh, there's a DeLorean sitting outside with his door open and a flux capacitor in the back seat. Uh, huh. what time are you going to go to and what band are you going to check out while you're there?
2: I'm going to go with 1964. I'm going to check out the Beatles and I want to see how they did what they did. Um, I was a latecomer to them when I was in high school and stuff, you know, friends would bring up the Beatles and I go, eh, that's a bunch of old dinosaur, you know, crap, and I don't care about it. And, you know, years and years later, when I really started to listen to what they were doing, you know, they really laid the foundation for a lot of the rock and roll we have going on right now, especially you figure, like Sergeant Pepper was a quarterback on an eight track. You know, which is crazy. I mean, you know, we have home studios now, like, with virtually unlimited tracks you can do, you know. So the fact that they added all that stuff on an 8-track machine was incredible, you know. And uh, they were very much into, like, uh, using sounds, you know, sound effects, you know, stuff to set a mood, you know, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I'd like to see 64 and see what the Beatles could really do live, you know, because I missed all that, you know. So,
1: yeah, that's my answer. So the song you brought with you today is called Sunshine Fury. It is. Before before we got on, I mentioned that it it kind of gave me the the Hendrix fill. And you said that was on purpose. So now you can tell me about that song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sunshine Fury is a cool tune. I had that title in my head for two years. And I had an opening riff that went to it. The very first thing you hear, I had that little lick in my head for the same amount of time. Sunshine Fury came about, it's one of those where I had a title, no song. And uh, the story on that one is I used to drive my wife to work every morning because I worked evenings, she worked mornings, well days, I should say. And I'd drop her off, say like seven o'clock downtown St. Paul here. And every morning when I had to drive back home on the freeway, I always drove into the sun. And it was horrible because I had just gotten up, you know, I had to give her a ride to work, you know, and I had the sun visor down and my shades on and everything else and One morning, I'm driving into this thing, and I go, how come every morning I keep having to drive into the Fury of the Sun? And I went, oh, Fury of the Sun? That's cool. That's a song. So I went home, and I took a – everything I do is on Post-it notes, right? So I jotted down Sunshine Fury, which also kind of reminded me of back then Pacific Rim had just come out. And I'm a big robot, giant robot kaiju guy, right? Right. And they had robots with names like Gypsy Danger, stuff like that. So I thought, Sunshine Fury, man, that's close, you know. So I had the whole sci-fi thing going. And then uh, I figured it was kind of a, something Hendrix would have done. I like the title. I mean, Purple Haze, Sunshine Fury. Yeah, I could see that. So I had that lick, which is very Hendrixy in the first place. And um, so when I recorded it, I have a white strat down here in the studio, just like Hendrix used to play. Three single coil pickups on it. it gets that really Hendrix-y sound. So when I recorded "Sunshine Fury," I used that Stratocaster to record it, and I really got that Hendrix tone I was looking for. So that's the title, and that's where the sound came from.
1: Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a moment. We're gonna listen to "Sun." Bleh. we're going to listen to "Sunshine Fury." Cool. I, back, <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. That was Sunshine Fury by Craig Allen Hecht, who's hanging out with me this evening. Quick, funny story, Craig. I was on like episode five before my wife knew this podcast existed.
2: <laughs> How did she find out?
1: Uh, I said something about it on the phone and my son was sitting there and I was like, oh, he's going to tell on me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, so hopefully I she liked it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope she liked it.
1: Um, it, it depends on the day.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah, okay.
1: Keep, keep in mind the Pennsylvania Rock shows on episode six hundred and forty seven, and the first hundred and eighty-eight of them were live in my living room. Like <laughs> oh, fans came and played and there were parties and Oh man. And then you my, know what? it's so that my kids I was were say... being born.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it's so funny, you know. When I when I first met you and stuff and first heard about Pennsylvania Rock Show, it was so funny because My main experience with Pennsylvania was uh, my wife and I drove down to Virginia. We had some friends there we were going to go visit. And I got to drive through Pennsylvania on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And I still to this day, (laughs) yeah, I know, right? But to this day, it was the most beautiful drive. I mean, the trees, I love to come through there in the fall when all that stuff is changing. I mean, I didn't see anything else of Pennsylvania except driving through it, you know. But, uh, yeah, the view from the Turnpike was gorgeous, man. You Know so,
1: how many potholes did you hit though?
2: I can't remember, that was a few years back. Who knows? A couple, I'm, I'm sure. Couple a than... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got where I had to go in one piece, so it couldn't have been too bad.
1: Um, uh, all right, so <laughs> I'm gonna ask you yeah. a couple more questions. Sure, um, let's see. Um, Ooh. So an apocalyptic event happens and wipes out all but a handful of people on the face of the earth and all but one song from every musician. What song that you've written should re- remain and help repopulate the earth?
2: <laughs> oh man. Okay. I can go with something serious or something ridiculous, huh?
1: Whichever way you want to go.
2: Whichever way you want to go. Man. Okay, I gotta go serious. Song for the world. Because I wrote Song for the World to be uplifting and positive and to tell us all to keep on going and keep on continuing. And uh that was written some of that. <laughs> We're gonna need some of that. I I that song was written the day after I went to um my third bridge partner, Scott, after I went to his uh his his uh, memorial service. And uh, the day after that, you know, I was pretty well devastated, as was a lot of the people that were there. And I wanted to write something for us all that would give us some hope and uh, give us a message to carry on. And uh, it just came out really quick. And it was really came out really well. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of it. And, uh, yeah, that definitely would be the tune. So, yep.
1: see if I can make you laugh again.
2: Um... Go for it, man. (laughs) I'm pretty easy.
1: Oh, I forgot to ask this on my last podcast, and it's official build-the-scene question, so I can't believe I forgot. (laughs) It's, who is your Dave Grohl? In other words, what musician do you want to go up on stage with and perform
2: one of their originals? I want to go on stage with Ty Tabor from a band named King's X. And uh, they are one of those bands where they are huge in the music community a lot of musicians, you say Kings X, they know exactly who you're talking about. But commercial success kind of kind of eluded them. And uh, real musicians band. And uh, Ty Tabor is probably one of my heroes when it comes to guitar playing. The guy is just incredible. And uh, yeah, to go up and do a gig, do a song with him, that'd be that'd be past amazing, man. So There you go.
1: Um. So I once met Gene Simmons.
2: I should say I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Mike Do you talk? Do you, you talk about Gene Simmons? He did not. Which is why, oh. I, why I brought it up
1: because that's what everyone would expect. Right. Um, I had a Sony Mavica CD1000 camera, which yeah, was the little mini CDs. Right. And um, I know he had been up there for hours. It was a book signing, and I got uh-huh. to, him and he looked at the camera, and he goes how the hell does that thing work? And we had like a 10 minute conversation about my camera.
2: (laughs) Gene Simmons baffled by technology. So
1: have you ever met a musician and what have you had a conversation that somebody wouldn't expect with them?
2: Well, I, well, I was just talking about Ty Tabor. I met him when King's X performed in a little, divey bar here on the east side of st paul they had their first album just came out called out of the silent planet and uh they just played in this little grungy bar and they were starting out and uh you know they took a break and we actually went out in the crowd to visit with people and they got to talk to him and uh it wasn't any kind of sideways questions though it was pretty much tech stuff you know it was like how do you get that tone out of your amps and uh he would get all these different amazing different sounds like a really cool chorusy effect and a really cool echoey Thing And I go, is that all different amplifiers? And he goes, no, man, it's all the same amp, just different pedals and whatnot. But uh, super cool guy, super approachable. Um, I also met um, John Petrucci from Dream Theater um, when we saw them. And uh, I have a VIP pass, you know, and got to meet him. And uh, now this guy was one of my big influences as well when it comes to the metal slash prog style. And I walked up to Petrucci's, he's signing autographs at this table, right? And I walk up to him, he goes, how you doing? And I go something like, I, 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 I. and he goes, I get that a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, what do you say to a guy that's like influenced everything you're doing? You know, I mean, thank you comes to mind, I suppose, you know, but uh, yeah, that's what I really brushes with, uh, you know, uh, famous musicians I can think of off the top of my head.
0: So there you go.
1: Work, working at Kennywood, I I met a lot of famous people, but generally I was in Kittyland and they were de- dealing with their kids. So I just gave them, "Hey, how
2: are you? <laughs> yeah, how's, have a nice day." Um, except yeah.
1: U- except Yuri Slager, who was a Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, he kept coming back and and talking to me, which was really cool. Like, that is he, really cool. He was searching me out and talking while his kid was on rides.
2: <laughs> That's nice, man.
1: But um, Rod Woodson from the Steelers. Yep. I met him. He was not in a good mood when I met him though. He was storming out of Kitty Land.
2: <laughs> well no, I, I I did I did I did meet the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk. Oh, nice. I mean uh back when uh they were first matter of fact you can kind of see behind me over here in the light, that's my autographed animal and hawk poster when they first started selling Zubas. And they were like the spokespeople for the Zubas pants. And uh that's an autographed poster. I got them to both of them. And I met him in the signing. And then one time we met them at the Minnesota State Fair. They were there with their uh, wives and kids and uh, super cool guys, you know, animal man. He's like this gigantic guy. I mean, I'm a pretty large size dude myself, you know, but I shook this guy's hand and, you know, his hand was like the size of a canned ham. It's gigantic, you know, grit. Nice to meet you. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, but they were super cool, you know, but, uh, yeah, that was back in the eighties. Like I met those guys, but, uh, yeah, pretty neat.
1: Um, I also, I met so many people. I met Lynn Swan. Did you? Yeah. In Kitty. Wow. Um, and <laughs> I'm it's all so he was doing, um, I think it was an all, not an all state. um, I can't think of it. It was one of those charities and he used to do commercial yeah. for it. United. Right. Way. He's doing United United oh, and he sure. just adopted a, a, a baby and the baby was in the commercial with him. Yeah. I, I was running a little ground in Kittyland, and he handed me the baby and I recognized the baby first. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> and I looked up and I went, You're and he goes, Yeah, I am.
2: <laughs> he goes, I, get I get, that. I get that a lot. Yeah. But, oh yeah, man. I
1: recognize the baby.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's funny, the baby first. But, oh man. That's but, great.
1: So, yeah. Two easy questions for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Okay, cool. All right, so where besides Facebook.com slash Craig Allen Hecht and Reverb Nation can people find you? And I already put one of them in the chat. but
2: I know you did, yeah. I, I'm not spread out really thick. You know, for me, my, my primary spot is Reverb Nation. That's where I share all my music. I uh, Everything that I do uh, is up for streaming for free or a free download. You know, I just like sharing it with people, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't have a band camp site or anything like that, uh, you know, Reverb Nation. And then that that Facebook page you put up is my primary, uh, you know, means of social media, you know. Um, I did put an album out on CD Baby, I'm going to say three years ago. I'm probably wrong on that. But uh, it was called Surviving the New Normal. And that's everywhere out there. It's on, you know, iTunes and Amazon and YouTube Music and Spotify and all that stuff under
1: your name or under a band name
2: it's under Craig Allen Hecht yeah it's called surviving the new normal and that was like I say put out a few years ago now um you know I I think about doing another cd but the problem is you know I uh all my music right now is studio only you know I don't play live um I don't have a band you know everything is all one guy you know so I really don't have anywhere to sell merch you know, so if I got, like, another 100 CDs, you know, pressed up, it'd be hard for me to sell them. You know, I'd like to. It's cool to have an actual physical, you know, piece of music, you know. But uh, I guess, now I'm just happy streaming everything, you know. But, uh, but yeah, pretty much, like I said, that, that Facebook thing there and then uh, the Reverb Nation uh, stuff is my primary social uh, links. All
1: right. Next question. Yep. Besides writing a Hello Bill song, what's coming up next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a
2: Hello Bill song.
1: Uh, I just popped Is, in my head when I went to ask the question. <laughs> with, with,
2: it doesn't have to be industrial, does not I mean, no, I just got through. A, no. <laughs> when I re, when I recorded jazz I I had to record an electric toothbrush for the for the solo. I took an electric <laughs> toothbrush and I sampled it. Then I played the keys to it. You know, it came out pretty cool. You know, you don't hear a lot of songs with uh, toothbrush solos. Uh, what's coming next, huh? Well, I've been talking for the last three or four months, uh, give or take now, about Cluckzilla, which is my uh, my virtual monster movie. Uh, Cluckzilla is a 400-foot-tall radioactive mutant chicken, which uh, I'm writing this big rock opera, and uh, it's going to be probably coming out in multi-parts because um, if any of you are familiar with what I do, The last rock opera I wrote was a thing called Megaton Hammer, which ran 22 minutes and 13 seconds, one gigantic piece of music. It was about a giant robot, uh, kind of based on, uh, well, no, probably uh, Voltron, that type of thing, who defends us from an alien invasion. And uh, it was fun to write that, you know, so I figured I want to do something a little bit bigger, but that was 22 minutes. So I might break this up into more bite-sized pieces so people can digest it a bit but it's going to be like uh iron. The, so, it's like yeah. iron,
1: iron Butterfly-esque.
2: <laughs> pretty much um yeah the 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 short story is um the the government builds a secret base where they take uh farm animals animals I love it animals and they 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 enlarge them thinking that you know if we can feed more people with a really big chicken you know cool or make a cow get really big for more milk you know so of course they enlarge this chicken and uh something goes terribly wrong when they do the process and he gets irradiated and mutates and you know goes bonkers like destroys cities and stuff so uh it'll be a whole disaster film so i'm writing right now i've already got the maybe that's the
1: apocalyptic event i asked you
2: about (laughs) (laughs) it would be unless you really like chicken you know uh but you know in in the original idea i figured you know i was going to have them at the end of it you know they're going to capture him and get like this really big box like make a big extra crispy meal out of him, or or make (laughs) or get all these you know they get a really big bucket you know 400 foot tall bucket and no it's going to end differently i think but i'm still in the process of kind of writing the screenplay you know because i've got to write the storyline first and then uh you know, go from there. Actually, it's gonna feature all of the icebox studios artists together as one big collaboration. So there'll be tracks from Brainhammer, Texan and Betty, um Sea Rage and the Icebox Studios All Stars, Craig Allen Hecht, um The Weenies, um, maybe a screwdriver's for ears track, I think too will be featured on this for the battle scene. So uh it's gonna be a huge undertaking, but I'm just started in the in the initial phases right now. But yeah, that's what's coming next down the pipe.
1: Yeah, so I want to thank you for hanging out with.
2: Thank you, me. my pleasure.
1: Those of you that are tuned in and listening, um, if you're listening on Build a Scene or on um, Ruderu Radio, make sure you stay tuned in because you're going to hear some more unsigned uh, music, and you may find your next favorite musician on top of Craig. Because once you listen to all the different things Craig plays, you're not going to keep
2: following him. Um, well, I figure it this way: I'm doing so many different styles; I'm bound to do something you like. <laughs> you know just throw stuff to the wall and see what sticks you know
0: uh, <laughs> this episode of three questions in a song has ended but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on sign music from around the globe don't forget to rate and review the show and we'll see you on the next episode